Welcome to the Traveling Image Makers Podcast, your source of inspiration about travel photography. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy the ride as we bring you on a tour around the world with our guests. Welcome to the Traveling Image Makers podcast, everyone. I'm your co-host, Ralph Velasco, and I'm coming to you from Chicago, USA. Unfortunately, it doesn't look like Ugo is going to be able to join us, but we may add him later if he can make it happen. Also joining us is our friend, Anna Gunn. Anna and I met in Porto, Portugal this past April when I was there scouting for a future trip I'll be leading to Portugal in the next year or so. She and I spent a a wonderful day together when she was kind enough to show me some great spots from which to shoot Porto. Uh, It's a fabulous city with wonderful food, a unique culture, and really great people. In 2012, Anna and her husband, Felipe, founded Megun Media, which has a vast portfolio of product, place, and lifestyle photography. And it's the driving force behind a new photography festival called the Porto Photo Fest. Welcome to the show, Anna. How are you? Hi, thank you for having me. I'm very good, thank you. Great. Great to see you again. It's uh, been a while. It has. It's been uh, three, four months now. It's hard to believe. seems like yesterday that I was in uh, your wonderful city there. Now, you're not actually living in Porto, right? You're just outside? That's right. We we live just at, on the outskirts of Porto. So uh, we, we live out of the main city, but uh, but close enough to keep popping back in. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, a, it's a great place. Fantastic restaurants and Certainly wonderful wine, and we'll talk about some of those things. (laughs) So before we get too far into it, why don't you tell us about yourself and especially how you started out as a professional photographer? Well, I guess all of that really started when I moved over here. Um, I moved to Portugal, it must have been perhaps eight years ago now, Um, and that's obviously the fault of my husband. He's Portuguese, so um, I moved over uh, to move in with him, and and really moving to Portugal meant a complete career change for me. Um, I was at the time working um, and living on tour uh, in the West End, um, and when we moved, when I moved to Portugal, we we actually thought I could carry on doing that um, and li- carry on touring in London um, whilst living in Portugal. But actually, the tour I was on got cancelled, and my contract got cancelled with that. So, excuse me, I tell, found tell, myself. Tell us a little bit about what you mean by tour and and that. I know what you mean, but I, I don't know if our listeners know exactly what you mean by that. Right. Um, I was working as a techn- in technical stage, so I was either doing lighting design or stage and or sound design. Um, and the tour I was on at the time, uh, I was doing sound for. Um, and uh, and basically, you take a show, uh, and and as it goes in and out of the theatres, uh, up and down the country, you go with the show, and and that's that's touring it's uh it's living out of a suitcase very much the same way you're living now <laughs> <laughs> yeah i do a different kind of touring but yes i know the i know the deal uh, every couple of days packing and unpacking right 
Yeah, and the the same with the suitcase packing. You get very efficient with it, yes. Yeah, and you realize how little you actually really need when it comes to, uh, you know, being on the road for a couple months and you just have, you know, one bag and a carry-on. It's like, how much more do I really need? Right. Yeah, surprisingly little. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> um, so really, that's uh, when I moved here, um, I suddenly found myself uh, in a country um, that was very different to the UK culturally. Um, and I had to start again. And actually, it was through traveling up and down Porto and Portugal with my husband that I learned to love this country. Um, and I learned photography. Him, Philippe actually had a camera um, that he would go out with us and take photographs. And I got so annoyed because if you've ever been on the receiving end of sitting watching somebody else take a photo or being out with them and you're not taking photos, it's very frustrating. <laughs> um, so I ended up stealing his camera so that I could see what it was all about. Um, he didn't get that camera back until he had to buy me my own camera and then it made sense um and i learned uh i learned about portugal and the way of life here through a camera lens and that's we were out every night we were out every weekend we would go on holidays up and down the country so he was showing me his country and that's that's how we we kind of learned all about this new country and it it honed our skills and actually what happened was as you, I think you go through phases when you pick up a camera. You, it's a very steep learning curve to start with. You learn all of the technical. You, you learn how you, you change all your settings, how it all works. Um, you start improving your photography, um, and then we, what we did was we brought our outdoor photography into the studio, and then we started buying more studio lights and DIY and playing a lot more during the week um, in in the studio to then be able to take that. Uh, technical skill back out onto the the streets and and really that's how it evolved into us just being in the studio most of the time um so uh for for us we started we started with travel photography up and down and we started the business by selling those images of portugal abroad um and that's actually how we we started mcgun media um as soon as we started buying really expensive kit um I was the one who said, okay, this, this hobby of ours, <laughs> it needs to pay for itself somehow now. So, so let's, are we, we going to make this a business? And, um, and so we, we started that way. Um, and we started selling, selling images as stock images or abroad for, for things or articles that needed to be to, to portray Porto and Portugal and the places that we'd visited. So, um, you're, so you're the more practical of the pair, huh? <laughs> oh, I think there'd be an argument if if uh, we said that within his earshot. Oh, okay. uh, I don't. I don't think so at all. I think I'm the dreamer, and and he's the one who goes, okay, well, let's let's see how that can work. Um, so he was we, not a he was not a professional photographer either when you first met and were doing these trips. Okay. No, no, not at all. Philippe has, uh, you know, he has a day job, um, and he was very happy doing. Uh, he's a, a, a an acquisition which. Um, means that he makes everything soundproof in all of the new buildings uh, to regulations for, for theatres and for uh, hotels, which is, you know, obviously things we had in common at the time was the sound. Great. Um, so, no, he was not a professional photographer at all. 
Uh, so we, we kind of ventured into this together, yeah. Well, Which let's, was, yeah. <laughs> well, fun, yeah. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> well, let's talk a little bit about uh, the fact that you were selling your images, because uh, I know a lot of our listeners are probably interested in that topic. So tell us how that came about, how uh, who you approached, and you know the whole sales cycle, and uh, any tips that you might have for people that are oh. interested in getting into that. Do you know I'm I'm not going to say that uh, that I think pretty much every every tip or everything that I would say is pretty much redundant now because don't forget we started this what, eight years ago so very much that was in the time of Flickr and uh, you know all of the the spaces out there online um, that were were very um, upcoming and full the groups were full. There were a lot of people uh, purchasing um, those sorts of images. And I'd say now uh, the market is very, it's a very different marketplace now. Um, And particularly for the places that we were visiting, they were less photographed than they are now. And so the type of images that we had in our catalog were not necessarily the type of quality uh, that were found online. Of course, that has now changed. So the stock industry, I think, uh, as we've moved away from it, I wouldn't like to say how that could work now for your listeners because I, I actually don't have a working knowledge of how stock industry works very well. I know friends who keep selling images um, and there is a there is a, a steady trickle stream from what they have. They have a catalogue of images that they put online and they, they put a price on it and people can, can buy it from them. And we have been tempted to do that with our catalogue, but a lot of the ones that we've actually sold, uh, we sold for particular articles or for travel magazines that were writing a specific article so we wouldn't want to then resell that image again it was really once it's it's used once in a in a big way i think you you then have to wait a few years uh before that drops down the the news cycle depending on the contract that you you enter into of course but um i think these days that that market looks very different so I wouldn't like to give tips or advice on that in today's market. Sure. Yeah, and I can understand. Uh, I, I never got into selling stock images. It, uh, even back then, it seemed like a lot of work for uh, a relatively small payoff, and I think the payoffs are getting smaller as there's more and more content out there. And I think uh, also that our our overall sense of what quality imagery is has really gone down and so we are much more accepting of uh, lesser quality images that you know more and more people can make and that would get less you know less price you know less uh, money for so i think it's uh, just kind of a perfect storm that has unfortunately taken the bottom out of that that market but people are still making money and uh, you know some people still want to do that so Great. I think there's still a trickle stream to be made from it. I don't think you're going to be rich overnight with it. But if you want to perhaps supplement uh, your income throughout a, a, a year, having a catalog out there that people can purchase, you know, that, that may be one way that you want to go about it and have them purchase, you know, several images from that catalog or perhaps just one or two that they like. Um, you know, and there are locations. Porto is a hot location right now. 
Um, and so that particular location is being published quite a lot in magazines. I think only this week it was published in the Metro in London. I know The Guardian has printed quite a few images and, and covered Porto lately as well. So there are um, there are hotspots, I think, and it's it's fashion, isn't it? it? Just it comes and goes, and and what you can make from that will will depend a little bit on luck and a little bit on placement, I think. Yeah, and I I, I totally agree, and we're going to talk about Portugal and Porto in just a minute, but I think that. Uh, it uh, Portugal itself is kind of under the radar, and maybe it's just starting to peek its head out. Uh, it's a wonderful country, very uh, inexpensive by most standards, uh, certainly European standards, Western European standards. And um, it's just got everything that I look for in putting together a trip, which in a word is variety. So the people, culture, food, landscapes, architecture... Uh, you know, the seaside, the, the old fishermen, things like that. So it's got everything that I look for, big cities, uh, small villages, the wine regions. Uh, so it's a, it's a wonderful country, and I can't wait to put this, this trip together. I'm, uh, I still have more scouting to do, uh, so I don't feel like I, I've seen enough of the country to actually put together a trip. But um, we'll talk about it a bit more, but... Um, what were the steps that led you to starting the Porto Photo Fest? Well, I mean, really, the firstly, it, it has never been done in Porto before. And when we started learning uh, photography, we were learning from all of the usual online sites and, uh, you know, as much as we could collect. But actually, the most of the photographers who were running workshops, who were teaching were running them everywhere else in the world other than Portugal. And that was kind of frustrating because <laughs> that means that you always have to travel outside the country. Um, and um, actually, some of our friends uh, were um, involved in running the Capture Festival uh, in Toronto. And when we spoke with them and was describing what was going on here, they said to us, you know, a festival there would, would fit perfectly. Um, and we had actually run the year before, I think two years ago, we ran a Porto Photo experience where we invited a small group of international photographers here and we took them into some exclusive buildings here, um, some of the palaces with models, hair, makeup, and they spent four days here. And we watched these uh, this group of 10 interact with Portugal, Porto and the models in these locations and we were watching something oh it, it was magic because I think as you've you must have seen in in your groups and as you travel when a group gets together there is something that takes a new dimension entirely having a group of artists in the same place tackling the same problem at the same time but in completely different ways that is it. I mean, it was just brilliant to watch. And it was amazing to watch the level of learning that they took was was so super quick. And the things that they were learning were not things that you could learn online. Um, and actually, this gave us that that magic feel of, OK, this is something that that we need to happen in a much bigger scale. Um, and that was, I think those are some of the stepping stones that took us into making something a lot bigger, bringing the best photography instructors that we could in the world 
and the ones who were working on the on the top platform um and all and really just bringing them here to porto so that they could experience the com- uh, the country and that their students could see them experiencing it for the first time and have unique content right here um and that's that's really like their thought process in in starting this and and that's pretty much how it's gone which is you know which has been really exciting yeah well, while we're talking about it, why don't you tell us about the fest and the uh, the difference between the experience that you created a couple of years ago and what the, the Porto Photo Fest is going to look like this year, which it's coming up. Tell us about the dates and the where people can find it online. Well, uh, yeah, it's coming up quite quickly. We have uh, the festival is going to be from the 11th to the 17th of September. And... Uh, this festival it's it's far bigger than than just a small experience we have you know we have the best photographers in the world we have john stanmeyer from national geographic david nightingale craddock Bagshaw. these are photographers of world-class um notoriety and they're coming here not just to teach an uh the, a normal workshop it's going to be unique content to porto because you don't get porto everywhere else so the stories that they're telling and building are Porto stories and we've been working with them to exclusively build that workshop and content for, for here um, but at the same time we've got so many other things going on we've also got master classes every evening so you can come along for two hours and listen to these photographers talk about their craft how to be creative how to be a freelancer all sorts of subjects are going to be covered so real Real content, things that you can't Google. This isn't things that you can just get from the internet. This is things that you can only experience. Um, And then on top of that, we've just added on portfolio reviews. So Craddock Bagshaw will be giving a portfolio review uh, day, and so will Sara Lando. That's that's new. That's exclusive to you. Um, So uh, these are days that we've added in because we've been getting this immense feedback from everybody because everybody here is so excited there's something new coming. The conversations we've had have been like, can you do this? Can we add this? What other photographers can you get here next year? I mean, it's just been the conversations that have been going on have been absolutely brilliant. So we've had to add things to this very quickly. Um, And speaking of adding, you know, literally in the last 24 hours, We've just added an opening of an exhibition in collaboration with the Light Space. Um, so that's also Brooke Shaden's work will be displayed here um, as part of, of a charity organisation that they're they're running. So these sorts of things, this platform is is being able to give um, another platform to other people, which is 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 really exciting. Um, and actually, we've uh, because of the conversations and the feedback that we've got, we're actually going to uh, open up a civic discussion, um, which is going to be a, a free evening where leaders of various organisations can come and talk um, specifically on imagination and the education system and the power of photography. So we're, you know, these, these are the types of things that people are putting in, and we we're feeding back, and and it's just really exciting to start having these variety of different conversations being started, um, which, oh, it's 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 going to be brilliant, yeah. 
how it has the city of Porto and you know the uh, the press? How have they been supporting you in all of this? Are they excited about it? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. The Cameron Municipal have been uh, pretty supportive of us from the start. We've obviously our main sponsors are local universities, Arvra School. Um, IPF, the Institute Portuguese Photographia, now the Central Portuguese Photographia also. Um, so these are the biggest institutions. And then we've also had support in places you wouldn't expect, like the Institute of, of Wine. Uh, they've come on board and they're supporting us. So it's it's incredible, not to mention, you know, the local shops, the, the photography shops here, the lamography. Fuji, they are all saying, brilliant, we can't believe this is happening, great, let's let's get on board, let's support this. And so the level of support have has really, it's it's driven quite a lot of these conversations for us and, and made, you know, made something that was, was going to be initially perhaps a little bit smaller, a lot bigger and a lot more meaningful here as well. So that's, yeah, astonishing. So how big are these these classes or mass, you know, master classes and workshops? How many people are you expecting? How intimate is it for the, the participants? Right. Well, the biggest thing for us has been quality and the people who are coming. So we've capped all of our workshop to 15 people, and that won't change. We think 15 people supported by a couple of our festival volunteers, that's, that's enough. That's going to be good content delivered to those people. They're going to learn and they're going to get hands-on experience during our workshops. That's the most important thing. And the masterclasses, they're the ones that are a little bit bigger because of the network that we want to have people experience. So each night the, there's a capacity for 290 people in those masterclasses. So that's two hours with coffee and cake, which is obligatory here in Portugal. Coffee and cake <laughs> goes everywhere. Um, and uh, and those, those are really designed so these types of uh, information can be passed, but also so conversations can be started and networks can be built as well. Um, because we obviously, we hope that these sorts of conversations and the tools that people learn um, just keep growing and they become part of this family. This isn't just a... It's not a festival that's impersonal. This is something that we passionately believe in um, and that has a very personal connection to us with, with participants. So I, you'll be seeing my face everywhere. <laughs> I'm sure of that. Yeah. So the, the master classes is more of a presentation from a photographer speaking to the audience, but with some sort of a Q&A and conversation as well? Absolutely, yes. Um, and that, and that's a dynamic really is uh, of setting it up so that there's good content being delivered and then everybody has the opportunity of asking their questions there and then uh, of things that they might want to know uh, and being able to ask the, the photographers directly. Um, the, the talk that we're, we're going to host, the, um, the imagination and the education system, the power of photography, that is going to be a more of a roundtable discussion so we will have a panel there talking of various industry leaders and photographers there but uh, that will be a public discussion so everybody is then expected to participate but it it's very much driven to there will be outcome actions 
to be to be derived from that conversation. So it isn't just about a conversation. It's about uh, moving us forwards and and getting some action points uh, set moving forward. So we're we're excited for that. Is there one masterclass or several? And can you tell us the titles of them, if you recall? Yeah, the, the masterclasses are, are pretty much every evening. So we have um, David Nightingale will be giving a masterclass on creating dramatic images. Um, Sarah Landel will be giving a workshop on how to be creative, you know, how to keep coming up with those ideas. There's a formula to keep coming up with the ideas. Um, we will have Craddock Bagshaw talking about how to to get over your fear, be creative on the street, um, how to, to be a street photographer. We have um, Pedro de Cantobrum. He's actually going to be opening our festival. Um, he is um, going to be talking about light. So he is the master of light and he will talk to you about how to create light in your images, even if you're just using an Ikea street lamp. <laughs> um, and then we, we have uh, closing, we will have um, Frederico Martins, who is a photographer, a fashion photographer here. He's a photograph for Vogue. And he's going to be talking about how to be a freelance photographer, how to be, um, how to put yourself out there. So real, you know, for, for me, these are the types of content that I would have liked um, to learn as I was going through my training. So it's, these are what I'm trying to give is to make sure the content is, is absolutely a hundred percent for, for the people who are coming. So how many people are you selling tickets to overall? Do you, do you have a cap? Um, well, the masterclasses again, they are 290 people per evening. Um, so um, that's that's going to be the cap on that, um, and the workshops are just fifteen people per place, and that's the cap for that. So it's it's intimate workshops, portfolio reviews are one to one, um, and the masterclasses are the bigger the bigger uh, events. Obviously, the 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 exhibition that's that's for the public. You can come into that. Okay, Anna. So um, that's really great information about the festival itself. I um, you know. I, can't wait to uh, maybe uh, attend or even be a part of it next year. And um, that's uh, where can people find out more information about the festival? So it's really easy to find us. We are on www.portofotofest.com. Okay, easy enough. Very easy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Are you looking for more volunteers right now or if people are interested are in getting involved? Good. You're Actually, good? we we've yeah we've got our little volunteer family good uh, locked and solid this year, so oh, that's good. nice. A lot of people jumped on board straight away, so that was really exciting. We oh. knew that people were were very interested when we when we had such a great response. Oh, wonderful! That's great. So at least at least you got the help that you need. I, I can't imagine the amount of work that must be involved in putting something wonderful like this together. Uh, I do want to talk about uh, the country of Portugal and Porto, the city specifically. Uh, what are some of the highlights that people need to be aware of when they go to Portugal? And uh, what is, you know, what what do you recommend as far as uh, photography goes? Well, the the thing is, is there are so many highlights. I think, as as you alluded to earlier, the variety and 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 types of variety here in Portugal to to see is just vast. So, however long you think you have to see this country, double it. 
because you will attest. need it. I'll attest to that. <laughs> and and each place really uh, has a very different photography feel. So, for instance, you know, okay, Porto has its its very tear cake. It's very you look at it and it looks like a a. a, a a wedding cake with its layers and its different beautiful colors whereas if you go to Aveiro Aveiro where they call it the Venice of Portugal and it has these cute boats and the boats are painted beautifully and each one has their cheeky story behind the paintings on it um, and you know the the architecture there is Art Nouveau um, and some of the architecture there are, is some of the most valuable architecture that that exists. Um, and it's pretty much the same in every place in Portugal. Every, every village, every city has its unique features. And no two are similar. Avaido is a university town, right? That's correct. Yes, and they also have salt farms there as well. So you can catch it. You can get on the boats, and you can visit these homemade, you know, handmade uh, salt farms um, that are pretty much non-existent in Europe any longer. Um, and they very, you know, they are very much ruled by the weather and what sorts of storms have come in and and the types of weather conditions they've had that year will determine the crop and also their their economics. So these things, you know, there is so many different stories here in each place. I, I love that. Excuse me. I, I love that idea. So what, they're, they're farming salt like, uh, uh, you know, like desalination or taking the, the seawater and uh, evaporating it and collecting salt? Yeah, you oh, literally you can visit it, and the the entire they have plains and plains and plains where they are shifting the water through various chemical um, processes, uh, natural processes, just chemical as in natural sun drying them out, and then they are harvested by the men as they harvest the the salt when it's when it finally crystallizes and forms, and the people who run the farms they are family run business. They love to tell you about what they see and the wildlife there on those farms are incredible because it's a stopping ground for all of the wildlife and birds migrating from one part of the country to the other. So these are like the things within the things here in Portugal. Well, that's, um, that sounds like the perfect type of photo opportunity that I love and the kind of cultural, historical kind of activity that I just love to bring my groups to see and photograph. And uh, you've also got the cork farms and, you know, those, uh, I I love to see that kind of process. I just love to see people doing these old world kind of things. Uh, Have you uh, had a chance to go down and visit that at all? No, but I mean, you you talk of cork. We also have um, a paper industry here as well, where people make handmade paper still. Mm. Um, And, you know, those are really interesting for for the types of things that they're creating, because again, they're very uh, natural. They are family-run. Their ideologies are very recycling, making sure that every part of it is used, making sure that it's society and ecologically functioning well. These are the, these are the ethics that drive these family-run businesses here, um, and they go back so many generations. It's it's just it's a joy to, to photograph. Firstly, not just because you can photograph such amazing things, 
but secondly because there's such a depth of story behind the images yeah how about uh, some uh, fishing villages have you spent much time on the coast uh, you got any recommendations for fishing villages Oh, Ishpinu is probably some of the the beautiful fishing villages not far from from us on the coastline. They um, they uh, fish and bring it in, and they will cook it. And they, you know, all of the restaurants along there, Matazinish uh, near us in in Porto, they also have street uh, an entire street where you know midday comes. And you can be driving down or walking down that street and there are barbecues all the way along the street, grilling fish. So all you see, the plumes of smoke off the grills and they, they're all set up and all the streets are, are filled with chairs. And you sit out there and you have your lunch of fresh fish and they are the catch of the day. And, yeah. it, and that's, that's beautiful. And wonderful octopus. I, I know that uh, it's just amazing. That's one of my favorite things in the world. A little olive oil, a little sea salt from Avaido. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Yeah, sea salt, yeah. octopus, sardines. Is, yes. Uh, well, codfish, yes. What is the, uh, is it the Festival of St. John that you just had in late June? Yeah, we, we just had St. Joan. Um, and that is, uh, it's the biggest well-kept secret that everybody knows about here it's Oops, ridiculous words out now it's absolutely <laughs> it's, but it's this wonderful family festival where everybody comes out and you walk from one end of the coast of Foch, the beach all the way into porto at midnight there's fireworks at, at the the bridge everybody has sardines they have hammers that they uh they take to these plastic hammers that you, they take to the streets and bash everybody on the head with. And there's some wonderful things that just every, all it's a great family festival. Everybody comes out um, and they then light the balloons and the balloons go up in the air and you watch them travel across the, the ocean after nightfall. You know, these these are scenes that are. They're not just magical. They're magical because of the families that are there doing it. And the, the meaning for these families are, you know, there's there's one shot that we got um, in the first year I saw saint Joel was of a full family on their balcony with grandma, great-grandma, nieces, nephews, grandchildren. And they were all around this balloon lighting that balloon. And that image was like to me, that, that just captures saint Joel because that was exactly what it's about. It's about families coming together and celebrating it was just it's amazing festival yeah that's something i really want to experience uh, one of these years uh, talk about the the wine region especially uh is, am i pronouncing it the duodo valley just outside yeah. just uh, east of porto yes um well, yeah, I mean, we're coming up. september will be harvest season so we're we're excited for that to happen as well um the what most people think of as port, uh, port wine, it doesn't actually come from port, uh, from Porto. It comes from the Douro. Um, and they changed the name of the wine because they were selling it at the time to the English. And they thought if they had a label of port, it would sound poncier and they would be able to charge more money. <laughs> <laughs> and so it's stuck ever since. The, hmm. They actually 
grow the wine and the vines uh, on the Douro. So if you travel, you can travel by train up there and and look at all of this amazing landscape. There isn't a landscape like this anywhere else of, of the, the terraces and the wine, uh, the, the vineyards being laid out. Um, and then they literally used to put them, the wine in the barrels, ship it down the Douro, and then they would uh, store it in the wine cellars on the Gaia side, not the Porto side, mm-hmm. and they would store it in the cellars over there. Um, and so you can still see um, now they have the old boats parked there, so you can see what the old boats were. Um, and once a year, they do a boat race between all of the wine, the old wine families. Um, and they have this wonderful race up and down the Doro, and it, they all dress up in their old costumes of the, each of the family houses with their sails of each of the family wine house uh, symbols. And they have this friendly race. And uh, norm- normally somebody along the line gets pushed in, but, it, <laughs> it, but it's supposed to be friendly. Um, and, uh, and you can watch all of this. I mean, it's literally like watching history in front of you. It's And some of the... Um, the museums and the wine cellars on on Gaia side now, they have turned themselves into museums so you can go in and see. And some of the interior of those museums are untouched. It's like walking in and being back in time. So you walk in and the, 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 the cashier's desks are there, the registers are there. You can then go downstairs and see the big barrels that are stored there. And some of them are literally, they store bottles there back from when it was first opened this is you are then looking at their family tree in a wine rack it's it's absolutely astonishing the level of history here is just amazing yeah and for those who aren't familiar with the geography of that area so you've got the city of porto on the northern side of the duaro river and on the southern side is gaia and there's some other smaller villages there but some of the best views are from the Gaia side back to Porto, which uh, is, like you said, sort of this layer cake and uh, just a beautiful uh, riverfront uh, city that has uh, just got this amazing architecture and colors. And uh, yeah, so those are the things I, I still need to do because I did not get to the, the, the wine cellars like that. And I did not get out to the Duodo Valley. I want to go out there. But, you know, those terraced vineyards just falling into the river just uh it just looks amazing so can't wait to get back there well anything else you'd like to tell us uh uh, about uh, portugal and what people should see when they're there and what they should photograph oh you know there there is there's so much uh to see and do here really whatever whatever your style of photography whatever you would like to see there is going to be something for you so i couldn't possibly just pick one thing but um uh i would say to to anybody coming here especially in the summer months um the things to just be aware of the the sun here is very very hot the high uv i'm going to be very motherly now but the 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 weather here is very hot and if you're taking photos it's very easy to get carried away um and forget to drink water and to to put something on your head and to protect yourself it's really look after yourself first good advice good advice always stay hydrated well, Anna, I can't thank you enough for being on the show. Uh, where can people find out more about you and the Porto Photo Fest online? 
Really, um, it's all at www.portofotofest.com, but you can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. But by all means, reach out to us, talk to us. Um, I'd love to hear from you. And there's still tickets available for the for the festival. They they're going quickly, but yes, there there is still a few places left. Okay, guys. So if you're interested, get to Porto. You will love the city. It's a great time of year to be there. And there's uh, still a few tickets left, so jump on those. Well, thanks, everyone, for listening. And remember that you can follow me on all the social media platforms, both at Photo Enrichment and at Ralph Velasco. And be sure to visit our website at photoenrichment.com to see about our upcoming tours and other announcements. If you'd like to join my mailing list, you'll receive a free copy of my 101 Photography Tips ebook just for doing so. It's over 150 pages long. And if you're an iOS user and you're looking to create a more well-rounded set of images of your travels, be sure to download the travel photography app I created. It's called My Shot List for Travel, and it's available for free on iTunes. Uh, Finally, if you're interested in organizing and leading your own tours, please visit tourorganizertraining.com to register for our next free webinar. Uh, Dates and other information are at that link. To find out about Ugo and to follow him on all the social media networks, simply Google him or go to ucphoto.me. Finally, please be sure to put in a review uh, of the show and the app on iTunes. This, of course, helps us to be found by others. And remember, if you keep at it, you can't get worse at photography. Now let's get out and shoot.